1 Corinthians chapter number 2, our key verse there is verse number 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, Paul says. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. All right. So when Paul was giving us that teaching, it had to be because of the word of God revealed. That's our uh, series. This is part five I'm doing right now on volume five, part five. Isn't that something? Each one of these volume has six tapes. And we've already talked about in this volume, let us go on to perfection. We showed you that in Hebrew chapter number six. Matter of fact, we'll just update you. Uh, let's go to Hebrew chapter number six and we'll do it with the word as we go along. From the book of Hebrews, chapter number six, this is what Paul said to the Hebrews. Remember, they had to walk by faith to get to their inheritance, which would have been Christ coming again for them. So, but they had to go on to perfection. Now, we were perfected in Christ. We were made perfect in Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles, the teachings, the elementary teachings of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and this will we do if God permit. So he told them go on. Go on to perfection. Then the next thing we talk about last week is how is a man made right with God. That teaching is also on our podcast now. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. We're just going to give you one verse and we'll be ready to start our teaching today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How is a man made right with God? 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, For Christ has, God has made Christ to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we can only be, become the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ. You had to be in Christ to be made the righteousness of God. And we already showed you how man got put in Christ. We showed you that in 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 12, how man got put in Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For by one spirit are we all put into Christ, baptized into one body. We, by one spirit, by the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized into Christ, whether we be Jews or Gentile, whether we be born or free, and have been all made to drink of that one spirit. So God put us all into one spirit. Uh, he did that by the Holy Spirit. So we talked about, so today we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 3 through verse number 7. We're going to read that out of the King James first. Later on, we're going to read it out of the NLT. 1 Timothy chapter number 2, uh, verse 3 through verse number 7. And then we'll get our subject. Verse number 3 says, For this is God." This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. Now, God just gave you his will. His will is that all men will be saved. And number two, how is it going to happen, Pastor? Come to the knowledge of the truth. God will it that all men will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All right, so we're going we're gonna to look at that this morning because this is the Apostle Paul ministry. 
So we're going to talk about today how to know you are saved. Man, I tell you, I can just feel that leaping off the pages, boy. How to know you are saved. Now, we've talked about let us go into perfection. We've talked about how man is made right with God. But now we're going to hit you right dead in, the, in that word right now. How to know a man is saved. How to know you are saved. That's an awesome thing. You know, I, I said when I first started, I said, you know what? I had a question. I says, are you saved? And I just picked my Google up just to say, Google, how you know I'm saved? How you know if a, a person is saved? It says, interesting question. Well, it is an interesting question. There's a lot of people I saw on the word in the web telling their version on how to be saved. I'm telling you, it's something when you listen to a lot of people telling other folks how to be saved and don't know how to be saved themselves. Now, it did not say, shall be saved. So you're going to get that real good. So the question is, how to know you are saved? Six words, how to know you are saved. Not going to be saved, not shall be saved, but how to know you are saved. So we're going to go to the Father because he's the only one know, right? He gave us the word. Holy Spirit, we thank you now for teaching us, leading us, and guiding us. And Father, we thank you now for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection of your son on the cross. And we thank you for giving us eternal life, yeah, right now. We give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Teach us, Lord. Lead us and guide us and help us understand. And all those audience out there, those people who are listening right now, help us to understand how to know you are saved. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus and through your precious blood we pray. Amen. All right, now. We're going to get right in this word because I'm going to just jump right at you because like I says, 1 Timothy chapter number 2 verse 3 through 7 told us that it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So that's what God wants. Now, he's letting you know that if you're going to be saved, you must come to the knowledge of the truth. How's a person saved and cannot come to the knowledge of the truth? Let's keep that in our forefront. I'm going to read that same thing out of the NLT. You know, I got NLT here in the good news, so I'm going to be showing you that. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 3. I heard a few people was telling me that they just love the NLT. Well, I loved it too, and I just wanted the whole thing is make sure the Word of God is understandable. If you get the Word of God, you don't understand it, what good is going to do? First Corinthians, First Timothy chapter number two, and I'm going to read verse three says, verse three says, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who want everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So his whole thing is he wants you to be saved, he wants you to understand the truth. Okay, now, if you're going to be saved, you're going to have to understand the truth because they both go together. All right, so what I want to do today is I want to go to Titus. 
the book of Titus chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 3 through verse 7. We're going to read that out of the King James, then we're going to read that out of the NLT. Titus chapter number 3. Titus chapter number 3. Especially these first couple of verses here, we're going to read them out of the NLT also. Uh, Titus chapter number 3, and we want to start reading with verse 3. It says, we ourselves, now Paul is talking, he said, now we ourselves are sometimes foolish. This is how we used to be. We were sometimes foolish, we were disobedient, we were deceived. Remember, Paul also was deceived. He said he was serving divers, luxus, and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. This is what the apostle Paul was. But in verse number four, but after the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. Oh, that's good stuff right there. But according to his mercy, he saved us. Now, he didn't, we're not talking about going to be saved, shall be saved. Because what God did, he sent his son 2,000 years ago and saved man. For as God concerned, he has finished his work. That's why it's called grace. He has already saved man. Now, what my responsibility is to do is get the message out to the people to let them know 2,000 years ago, God sent his son here and died and buried and raised again from the dead for your justification so you could be saved. Now, you, you're responsible to hear the message and believe the message. But Christ is not going to die no more. He's not going to be sacrificed no more. So the work has already been done. So it's really, you can't tell nobody to get saved today. Now, I know that sounds way out there, but listen, you can only receive salvation today. Salvation has already been done. So when I say you can't tell nobody to get saved, this is what I mean. Come over to my church and get baptized in Jesus' name and get saved. See, what you're doing is you're saying that what God did was not enough. I'm going to show you in the word, brother. For as God concerned, he's already died, buried, and raised again from the dead. And for as he concerned, salvation has already been paid for. So what we need to do is tell the people to come. Come and receive God's salvation. Come and receive God's salvation. Not come join our churches. But come and receive God's salvation. Because I'm going to show you this morning, the only way you can be saved today is come. Because God is calling you now. Nothing you can do to be saved, but just come, hear the message, and receive it. That's all you can do today. Okay? All this other stuff people are telling you to do to be saved, that has nothing to do with your salvation. Okay? Just listen, because we're getting ready to go. We're getting ready to, to get into this word this morning. All right? So in, in, in Titus chapter 3, watch what it says. It says, not by works. We're talking about Titus 3 and 5. Not by works of righteousness. There's nothing you can do, see, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. I want you to understand that. Past tense, saved. He saved us. How did he do it? 
He did it by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. How did he do it? Which he shared on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And there, and verse 7 says, that being justified, justified meaning to be declared righteous, by his grace, being justified by his grace, we should be heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, now you have eternal life, but it had to first be you are saved. You have to receive that. Okay, now, let's go to a, a, a couple of these. I want to read that same thing out of the NLT. That's what I said. The book of Titus, uh, this is something that I want to read for you. This is Titus, and we're going to read that same thing, Titus chapter 2. Uh, just the same, same verses in, in the book of Titus, uh, chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 3 through 7. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 3, and we're going to read that through 7. It, Paul says, once we too were foolish, disobedience, we were misled, we became slaves to many lusts and pleasures, our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Now this was the Apostle Paul. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. He saved us. Not because of the righteousness of the righteous thing we have done. Let me read it again. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. This is what he did. He washed away our sins. Oh, I'm telling you right now, I feel it coming on, brother. Number one, he washed away our sins. If he washed away our sins, what are you doing in the church today? What are you doing it for? To get rid of sin, right? You don't believe the Bible. Listen to what the word of God says. He washed away our sins. I'm reading the NLT. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of righteous thing we've done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins. Watch this. Giving us a new birth. And given us new life through the Holy Spirit. Oh my God. Give him the praise. That's what we're going to do today. He generously, verse number six, he generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because, verse seven, of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we would inherit eternal life. Isn't that something? God has already done it. That's why we give him the praise. That's why we give him the glory for what he has done. Praise God for his goodness. All right, now, let's move on. We're going to take you to now Romans chapter number 8. Now, all of this, all of this is showing us what God has already done. Now, let me show you another verse first. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm, in the, I'm going to read out the NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Well, all of this is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to start reading with verse number 14. I'm going to wait till you get there. NLT. Christ, are you there? Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, 
showing you how to how you say. All you got to do is believe Christ died for our sins. We also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Isn't that something? Now, I don't want to stop there because I want, I want something I want to show you. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creature, a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. Oh, my God, I just love that kind of stuff. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. God was in Christ reconciled the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, Paul says. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Oh my God, I can't say it enough. Listen to me, come back to God. Pastor, you, you, don't, you don't know what I did. Listen, you don't know what he did. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You gotta know what he did. What he did forgave you of what you did. Oh, I just love this, this word, it's good to me. Come back to God. God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. It is so simple. Isn't that something? So simple. All right. Now, let's move on because I got a lot I got to show you. I'm just going to put that word on you today. Romans chapter number eight. Showing you that you're already saved. Showing that for us God concerned, he's done all he's going to do. My job now got to tell you what he did so you can receive it. In this church, you don't have to shall be saved. I'm going to show you. You got a whole lot of folk out there teaching shall be saved. Listen, salvation, you tell the man, you tell the man who you go to see and call you on the phone and says, you know, pastor, uh, I think I have been infected by the virus. And I tell him, listen, don't worry, you shall be saved. Man, listen, that's not good enough. Out of all this time I've been in your church pastor and I'm not saved. A lot of people will not even say that they are saved. They say, oh, well, we're going to be saved. No, no, no. Either you are saved or you are lost. There's no, there's no in between. Either you are God's child or you the devil's child. It's no in between. All right, now let's, let's go to work. Now, Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read this out of the NLT, just the first four verses. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from, watch this, from the power of sin that leads to death. So we can see that Christ, when he died on the cross, he saved us from sin and death. 
The law of Moses was unable to save us. Isn't that awesome? He come right out and tell you, NLT, Romans 8 and 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. Well, what the law could not do, could not save us. He sent his own son and a body like the body we sinners have. And in that body, God declared, and watch this, don't listen. You, you got to really listen. I, this NLT going to be on Wednesday. This what I'm teaching right now will be on Wednesday on our podcast. At that time, you will see the scriptures at that time. But I want to read it, read it for you. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 3 says, So God did what the law could not do. Well, what the law could not do. Could not save us. Could not make us right before God. He sent his own son in a body like the body we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Sin lost his power, brother. He condemned sin in the flesh, brother. And the Bible said, and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the Holy Spirit. All right. So all this stuff is so good. So good. So he saved us from the law of sin and death. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. I'm going to keep the NLT here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. This word is so good. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. Let me now remind you, dear brothers, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcome it then, Paul says, and you still stand firm in it. What is it, Paul? It is the good news that saved you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Wait a minute. I got to believe the message? I got to believe the message you told me? Yeah, the gospel of Christ. Christ's death, death, and resurrection. He said, it is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe this message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Paul said, listen, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Now, the man who wrote you the new covenant telling you how he was saved. Come on, Paul. Paul says in verse number three, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. That's how you say it. I, I want to read this same thing out of the NLT, but I'm going to read it out of the uh, Galatia, chapter number three. Galatia, chapter number three. You know, Galatia, these people in Galatia had already, uh, was Gentiles, but they had, uh, 
they had received grace and believed. But when Paul left, came back on another missionary journey, they had went back to Peter's church. Well, they was back baptizing Jesus' name and foot washing and uh, circumcision and everything that Peter was doing in his church, taking Passover. See, and Paul came back. Paul was hot. So in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians. We're in verse 1. We're not the NLT. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear as you, as if you had seen a picture of the death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Oh, my God. Paul is hard, isn't he? Paul said, listen, this is how you receive the Holy Spirit. Because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian life in the spirit, while you're now trying to become perfect by your own human effort. Now you want to go get water baptized to become perfect. Now you want to wash the feet to become perfect. You think you're going to become better because you take communion? Paul said, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? Now in verse 5, Paul said, I'm going to ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Because you believe the message you heard about Christ is how you say what is the message, Pastor? Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried. And then God raised him from the dead on the third day. That's the message, man. That's the message. You just can't wait till Easter Sunday. That's the message for every day. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to show you in the word, brother. I'm going to show you in the word. Look at 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1, 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. This word, just, this word just says it all. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 18. It says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. See, people who don't want the message of the cross, they're foolish. They look at Christ's death, burial, and resurrection or is foolishness. That's what the Greek says. It's foolishness to believe a man died and buried and raised again from the dead if I believe that God will give me the Holy Spirit. God will save my soul from hell. And that's the truth, brother. That's the truth. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. In the King James Version tell you, but we who are saved. Because either you are saved or you're not saved. Saved. Those who are saved is the power of God. Let me show you that in, in, in the uh, King James Version. We who are saved. 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 18. We who are saved. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 18. For the preacher of the cross, we're in the King James Version now. The preacher of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Us who are saved. See, when you are saved, you are saved. That means you have the Holy Spirit. When you are saved, once again, it means you have the Holy Spirit. Now, let me take you to a couple more. 2 Corinthians 2.15. You in 1 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. We're in the King James. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 through 17. Thanks be to God. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, who maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. We are under God a sweet Savior to Christ. Watch this. And them that are saved. See, it doesn't, the Bible tell you that you're saved. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're saved. If you're in Christ. Now, we know that maturity still has to happen. The growth has to happen. But for as, if I die, I'm going to be with the Lord for eternity. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean by being saved. And that's why some people talk about being saved because they know salvation is a continuation. Even after you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you need, still need the word. You still need to grow. You still need some deliverance. Okay? Because that's going to be the definition for the word saved. If you got your tablet, I'm going to give you that definition in just a moment. Second Corinthians chapter 2. And verse number 15 says, We are under God a sweet Savior of Christ in them that are saved. Watch this. And in them that perish. So you only can be in one or the other. You in the group that are saved or you in the group that perish. All right. To the one we are savior of death and the death and to the other we are savior of life and the life. And who is sufficient for these things. So either you are in death or you are in life. Either you in Adam or you in Christ. For we are not as many as which corrupt the word of God, Paul says. But as a sincerity. But as of God, in the sight of God, we speak, for God speak, we in Christ. All right? So that's what we want to show. Let me show you another one, 2 Corinthians 4, because if you lost, let me show you why you lost. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 6. I'm going to give you a couple more of these, and then I got some other stuff I want to share with you. And then the next service, I can be able to pick it up. Okay, but let's look at 2 Corinthians 4 while we're there and verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, Paul says, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Well, how are they lost? Here it is. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. He told, told you how a man is not saved. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that don't believe the word. See, that's what happened. You got so much religion and tradition of men who don't want to give you the truth. What it does, it blinds the mind of them that believe not. That's what religion is, the God of this world. Tradition of men, religion, the wisdom of men. See, what it does, it blinds the mind of them which believe not. You see people who don't believe, they talk to somebody else who don't believe. See, when they get to talking to other folk who don't believe, it corrupts their mind. And now they don't believe. 
Then you ask them, say, why you don't believe? Well, I don't, I don't, I just don't believe that. You know why? Because of who you talk to, fellowship. That's why the Bible said evil, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, look at it sometime. Evil communications corrupt good manners. See, a person's life is corrupted because of evil communication, because they're fellowshipping with the wrong people. See, some churches you don't need to be at. Some meetings you don't need to be at. Some people's teaching you don't need to listen to. It could corrupt your mind. This is what Paul is talking about here. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Watch this. The gospel of Christ. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ is the image of God. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ. The revelation. The knowledge. Of the glorious gospel of Christ is the image of God. So when I preach Christ, guess what? The people are getting an image. They're getting the likeness of God. If I don't preach Christ, how are people going to be like God? You remember what Jesus said to the Pharisee, the Sadducee, the scribes? You make them twofold the child of hell than yourself. Isn't that awesome? Because if I don't preach Christ to them, how are they going to get the image of God? Christ is the image of God. Christ is the image and likeness of God. So my responsibility is to preach the gospel to them so they can be like God. If I don't preach God's word to them, they're going to be like somebody else or something else. See, you can make people religious or you can make them like God. See, God has given us his word for creation. So that's why every time a person gets saved, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 told us, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, verse 17. New creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what happened? He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Well, how did he become a new creature? Somebody preached Christ to him. Well, if I preach water baptism, religion, circumcision, foot washing, all this other stuff to, to them, how are they going to be like Christ? That's what Paul is telling you here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 3 said, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid for them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. They can't see that light if you don't preach the gospel of Christ. Paul said, we preach not ourselves. See, not our denomination. Not ourselves. Not foot washing, water baptism, circle, not all that stuff. He said, but we preach Christ. We preach Christ Jesus the Lord, and I say of the servant of Christ. So what are you preaching? You can tell how the people are in your church. What are you preaching? If you don't preach Christ, the people cannot be like Christ. I can't say it enough. It's the preaching of the gospel that's the power of God under salvation, Romans 1, 16. And if I don't preach Christ, the people can't ever be like Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, God, 
who command the light to shine out of darkness, Paul says, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So if I don't preach Christ, I can't say that. Now let me read this out of the NLT, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 3. If I don't preach, this, if I don't preach Christ, how are the people going to be like God? What an awesome thing. We're supposed to be making people like God, not like our religion, our tradition. So, so you, you can tell when people go to a certain church and if they teach baptism for salvation, that person is going to be just like that. That's all they're going to talk about. Because that's what they have been made by the preacher. But if I preach Christ, which I'm supposed to, then they're going to be like God. So what are we supposed to be doing? Making the people like God or making the people like our church? Our denomination. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are dying. Isn't that something? We got the word and we won't even give them the word. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh my God, how are people going to be saved if we don't preach the gospel to them, the gospel of Christ? All right, now let's get you another one. Let's give you one very easy and simple here. Ephesians chapter 2, we want to look at that, and we want to look at verse 1, Ephesians 2 and verse 1, out of the King James, and then we're going to read from verse number 4 down to verse 10, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change gears on you. And Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, For you has he quickened, just think about it, and you has he quickened. Now quickened means made alive, raised from the dead. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. You has he quickened. See, when you are saved, you've been raised from the dead. Look at Colossians 2.13. We'll come right back. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Let's start reading verse 8. Colossians chapter 2. Oh, I just love this word today. How to know you're saved. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, tradition of men, not after the rudiment, and then not on the tradition of men, but the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I got to read that again. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. When people do not preach Christ, you need to be concerned. For in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ. And verse number 10. 
Don't drop your cup. And you are complete in Christ. Now, if you are complete in Christ, why do I need to be water baptized, Pastor? How can you look at that person in the face and lie to them just to keep your church and your members? When a member asks you, if I'm complete in Christ, why do you need to water baptize me? Why do you need to wash my feet? I'm, I'm complete in Christ. Why do I need to take the Passover every first Sunday? What is it going to do for me? I'm already complete in Christ, am I? Yes, you are. But people do that because they hold on the tradition and religion of men to keep their members. Because if you're telling me the truth, they're going to leave you. If you think I'm lying, do it. Once the people know the truth, they're going to leave. But I'm like this, they're going to leave anyway. Because sooner or later, they're going to understand that they can read. And whenever believers realize that, you know what, I can read my own Bible, and I know what the preacher's saying is not that, they're going to leave you anyway. Watch this. Colossians 2 says, be, in verse 8, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. That word spoil you means you will never get your inheritance because somebody spoil you. You will never get the thing God has for your life. You can sit up in that church that don't preach Christ, but you will never get your inheritance. You will never get eternal life. So beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after tradition of men and, not, and the rudiments of this world, those rudiments are teachings of this world and not after Christ. For in Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You are complete in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised, so you don't need to be circumcised, is what Paul says. You are. You are circumcised with the circumcision, watch this, made without hands. Because that's what God did in putting off the body of, of the sins of the flesh. He put off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. See, so all these things were fulfilled by Christ. Then he's going to tell you in verse 12, bear it with him in baptism. See, people still think, well, no, when I water baptized. Listen to what it says. Bear it has an ED on it. Past tense, 2,000 years ago, this Bible was written. Bear it with him, bear it with him in baptism. Bear it with him. See, if you read Romans chapter 6, you will see we were buried with Christ. He buried the old man. Bear it with him in baptism, wherein also you are, you are, you are not going to be, you are risen with him. Man, I tell you, bury with him, risen with him. If I'm already buried with him and risen with him, watch this, don't drop your cup. Why 90% of the church is still waiting for him to come again? Just told you it was buried with him, you were risen with him. You will believe in the church of God message, not the body of Christ. Bear with him in baptism. Wherever you are risen with him, watch this, through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he saw we were in Christ as believers. Isn't that something? 
But he's going to tell you again, verse, verse number 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, don't drop your cup, has he quickened, made alive, made us alive together with Christ. Made us alive together with Christ. Watch this. Having forgiven all our trespasses. Wait a minute. If he already forgave me of all my sins, then you're telling me something that's not true. Because God's son died for my sins. The father forgave me all my sins through the sacrifice of his son. Then he's not going to finish. He's going to finish. He's going to keep going. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Wait a minute. Do you know what the handwriting of ordinances are? Water baptism, foot washing, circumcision, Passover. Ordinances, ordinances. You ask a lot of churches, say, well, you know, brother, we still got, uh, we got two ordinances in the church. Show me that in the Bible, Pastor. It's not in there, is it? Because Christ blotted out the ordinances. Right there, tell me right there. Colossians 2, 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us because it was the law. It was contrary to us. He took it out the way and then nailed it to the cross. And yet people are still getting you to do that in the church. Nailed it to his cross. And watch what he says. Watch what he called it. And having spoiled principalities. He called them principalities and powers. That's what he did. Those ordinances was principalities and powers operating in the churches. Christ nailed it to his cross. He made a show of them openly, watch this, and triumph over them in it. I'm going to go to the NIT. You, you know I'm going to go to NIT, don't you? Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Oh, this, this word is so good. I'm going to get to the good news after a while. Oh, my God, my God. Colossians chapter number 2. See, this word is so good, man. If you just stay in this word, stay in this word, stop listening to all that other stuff, stay in the word. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 8. I'm going to start reading with verse 6. In Colossians 2, I'm reading out the NLT 2. Let's go, NLT, let's go back to verse 6. He says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. You will talk. And you would overflow with thanksgiveness or thankfulness, I'm sorry. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. In Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. In Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are complete through the union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. When you come to Christ, you were, past tense, circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. 
Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your old sinful nature. Oh my God Almighty. Oh my God. Do you see what circumcision stood for? And they only did the male circumcise them. They were cutting away the old sinful nature. That's why Abraham had to be circumcised. That's why Jesus under the law had to be circumcised. Because it was a cutting away of the old nature. Let's keep going. So he says in, the, in, the, in, in uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, 11, he says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your old sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Past tense now. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Now, people would take this and say, well, that's when I'm baptized. See, man's trying to get a part of your salvation. The devil is a lie. Man had nothing to do with this. It was the Holy Spirit that put you in Christ. Let me read that again. He says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Now, God did all this through his son on the cross. Then God made you alive with Christ. Wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. Hold it. Now, if God made me alive with Christ, are we talking about this year? Are we talking about 2,000 years ago? Because God raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago. Listen to that real good. Listen to that real good. Oh, my God, my God. Then God made us alive. We are reading verse 13. Colossians 2, 13. Then God made us alive with Christ. He forgave, watch this, our sins 2,000 years ago. But he's not going to stop. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the, the spiritual rulers and authorities. See, the enemy used the law against man. You do know that, right? The enemy used the law against man when he could not keep it in the Old Testament. So Christ nailed it to the cross, fulfilled it. Now the enemy does, cannot use the law against you no more. What an awesome God we serve. Colossians chapter number 2. He, verse 14. He canceled the record of charges against us. Took it out of the way by another to his cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That's why you preach Christ. Because you're preaching his victory. So the Bible said in verse 16, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or not for celebrating certain holy days or new moons or ceremony or Sabbath. Don't, don't nobody condemn you. For these rules are only a shadow. Watch this now. These rules are only shadows of the reality to come. Christ himself 
is that reality. Oh, I can't say it enough. Christ is the reality. So all this stuff that you was doing, Sabbath days, communion, circumcision, Passover, all this stuff was a shadow. Christ is the reality. Christ is the substance of things they were hoping for. Let's move on. Let's move. Ephesians chapter number 2. We got to finish that. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm reading it now out of the NLT. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. But down in verse number 4, but God. Oh, I love that. But God is so rich in mercy. His love, he loved us so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, watch this, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. That's good news. He gave me life when he raised Christ from the dead. Now, what did he give me life? 2,000 years ago. My job is to find out about it and tell the people it's good news. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, but God so rich in mercy. I'm reading out the NLT. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Oh, my God, don't, don't drop your cup, man. Don't drop your cup. It's only by God's grace Listen, that you have been saved. He's not going to see, he's not talking about shall be saved. I get on that next service. Because we got some people who preaching, you do this here, you shall be saved. No, that's not salvation. That's not good enough for me. That's not good enough. Shouldn't be good enough for you. All right. It says in in verse 6, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. God raised us from the dead along with Christ. Wait, wait a minute. I, I got to go back and read this again. Verse 4. I got to go back and read it again. This is so awesome until you got to read it again. Verse 4 said, but God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Did you hear that? It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us, he raised us from the dead along with Christ. 2,000 years ago. He's not done. Don't drop your cup. He's not done. And he seated us with him in the heavenly realm. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. God don't see you here no more in this fleshly body trying to make it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God see you now in Christ. We sit together in heavenly place. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is this awesome or what? We sit together in heavenly place in Christ. Oh, my God, my God. Look who you are now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's move on. He said in verse 7, So God, 
can point to us in all future ages as example of the incredible wealth of his grace and his kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. He's not done. Verse 8. And God save you. Oh, I, I, I just, I have to just. It's so good. It's so filling, brother. It's so filling. Listen. God save you by his grace when you believe. My God. See, this is why uh, my son Earl is going to make sure this is on podcast for dad. Because I got to read this on Wednesday. This is an awesome thing. God saved us by his grace when you believed in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That is so filling that I don't have to worry about, well, what I, how, have you been baptized? Then, you know, because they told me, they said, well, you got to be water baptized. Then, the, then they told me, they said, well, you got to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And then I was baptized in the, in the Mississippi, Mississippi River flow. And then we go down every July and we walk out there with our white gowns on. They be singing, take me to the water. Take me to the water. Why are we going to the water? To be baptized. See, that's how we used to sing down in Mississippi. So we got water baptized. Then I got on the, I was on the morning bench for to Thursday. Then I got water baptized. Then when I came here, then the man said, well, tell me, how was you baptized? I said, I was baptized in the name of the Father. Said, oh, 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 you were baptized in the titles. You have to be baptized again. I said, well, I thought I was saved. No, you're not saved. You have to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hey, you got the Holy Ghost. You can't get the Holy Ghost until you're baptized in Jesus' name. See, all of this stuff, all of this stuff. Oh, I'm so glad I found out the truth. I'm so, I'm free now. I'm free now. Look at Ephesians 2.8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. Believe what, Pastor Christ? Death, burial, and resurrection? And you can take, and you can't take credit for this. Oh, I love it. Nobody can take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Woo. God saved you. That's my daughter there. My daughter like to get that sometimes. She get that high note. She go, Woo. See, it's a gift from God. Amen. God gave you a free gift of salvation. You can't take credit for that. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward. Let me say it again. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done. God's not rewarding you with salvation. It's free. Tell the world, let everybody know. You on that camera, listen, salvation is free. Just tell the people they can come and receive salvation. Just believe Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and God will give you his salvation, give you his Holy Spirit free. And you don't have to do nothing. Uh, Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace when you believe. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things you've done. No one of, not one of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpiece, his new creation. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. That's why he saved us. So now we can preach the gospel. We can sing praises to the Lord. We can live a godly, holy life. That's why God sent his son to the cross 
so now we can live the life that God wants us to live when he created man. My time is up. Don't go nowhere. Bow your heads with me. You heard how to be saved. I can preach this to you, tell you all about it, but man, you have to receive it now. To receive is to believe it. Just repeat out to me. Heavenly Father, I believe Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead to save me. I receive Christ's work on the cross. I receive his finished work, which is called grace. And I receive the Holy Spirit that you give me because I believe in your son dying and buried and raised again from the dead. So I receive your Holy Spirit. I receive all that you have from me. I receive your righteousness. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy, your love. I receive your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, and on and on and on. I receive the gift, the free gift of salvation. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com specialoffer.